my fellow Americans and all those listening overseas, welcome back to Visiting the Presidents. Today I have another special guest. Today is a bonus episode featuring one of my very good friends, Matt Hoekstetler. And I'm going to let him introduce himself a bit. You're going to hear the kind of unique circumstances of our meeting. <laughs> this is from last month, but I think you're going to love this episode of man who has visited a few presidential sites in Ohio with me, Matt Hoekstetler. All right, so I am recording with Matt outside of a Starbucks in Marion. We just went through the Warren Harding presidential site, the house and museum. And we also did the gravesite earlier today. So, Matt, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Matt, and I met Joe at a wedding reception, and we hit it off just instantly, and we've been friends ever since. And so, uh, we're about the same age. I'm an attorney, and I practice in Canton, uh, and I live in that area as well. And so, I like to join Joe on some of these presidential trips. And every now and then, if my kids are good, they can join us as well. Very good. Can you give us an idea of your vacations that you have taken either as a child or in college? And like, what are your, what's your travel history? Uh, my, <laughs> my travel history is mostly places you can drive to. So I've been to a lot of Ohio places, I guess I've been been quite a few places. Uh, I've been to a lot of Ohio places. I like to visit historical places. So if if I ever got to plan the itinerary as a as a kid, I would try to hit some of the historical sites and uh, and learn about what happened there, or who was involved, and that sort of thing. But I guess I've been uh, a lot of interesting places, like you know Washington D.C. and Southern California. Um, Florida, of course, and uh, even got a, across the pond to to Germany longer ago. All right. So when did you first know that I had this obsession with the presidents? I'm not sure. It, it may have been at Michael's wedding reception. I, I honestly cannot remember a whole lot about what we talked about, but we had a good time. Could also have been at the rehearsal dinner. Very possibly. That's when I learned you're a a film savant as well. Yeah, I memorized all the Oscars, so I'm that person. Really good at trivia. Like, you would want me on your high school trivia bowl team. Just saying. All right, next question is, what would you say are the benefits of going to historical sites? Why go? Why, if somebody's on the fence, what would you tell them? Maybe it's your kids. What would you tell them about, what can you get from going to a historical site? It doesn't have to be presidents. Well, I just like to learn generally about things and you know if i'm somewhere and there's a marker like a historical marker i'll read that and so i think for me the benefit is primarily just learning about the past and what happened in different locations Um, and i think that can help provide context for today so if if we're learning about different struggles that a president had during his, his administration then that can inform what options uh, you know our, our modern leaders could take, and so I think you can you can be a better decision maker learning from the past and, and studying history, and I think it can also give you a sense of 
purpose and a sense of identity. And so when I'm learning about areas where my family, like my ancestors had lived or like where important events happened in like my, my church's history, then that, that helps me have some larger context in my life about where I fit in to the bigger picture. Very good. Next, let me ask you, before we started doing these trips, had you been to any other presidential sites? I had been to the McKinley sites in Canton. I, I, I remember going there as a third grader and being very impressed by all the steps. And those steps impressed me. They impressed my kids to this day. Uh, it's a, a big attraction to run up and down them. As far as other sites... I remember having gone to Gettysburg. I remember I, I've been to the White House. Um, I, I can't remember if I was ever at another like presidential like home site or anything like that. Oh, yeah, I've been in Monticello. Thank you. Yeah, not Mount Vernon, though. But definitely been in Monticello. That was very impressive as well, notwithstanding Jefferson's politics. Had to get that one in there. All right, so you did describe our first trip ever, which was to the... McKinley Tomb, and then the library right next to it, which is also the Stark County Museum or the Museum of the History of Stark County. And we did this in, I want to say it was right around Labor Day 2016. Does that sound right to you? Or maybe 2015? 2015. And then in 2016, we did our second site, which was to the James Garfield birthplace. What do you remember about that? I was very underwhelmed. I think you were driving. No, we met there. And it was, it was like a, I don't know, like township hall or like fire department. Yeah. And there's a, you know, a statue of Garfield, the president, not the cat. And like as a boy, but it's just, it's very general. And it was not at all apparent that there was the birth site there or, or a reproduction of the birth site. And so I think we just poked around and there was a trail and we ended up finding this cabin that you couldn't go into, uh, which is also underwhelming, but it was, <laughs> it was, I expected much more, expect much more uh, fanfare, much more publicity. I think the only signage was one of those you know, standard historical markers by the road. It was very surprising to me. Underwhelming. So right after that, we decided to add on to it, I guess, maybe out of our underwhelmed reaction. We went to the Garfield home in Mentor, Ohio. What do you remember about that? Can I swear on this podcast? No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, that was really awesome. I, I enjoyed. So it, I guess the house is called Lawnfield and it's set on a larger parcel. And I recall it, it, it's got some some old growth trees. It's a very nice, attractive area. It's a large house, a nice, large, old house. And when you go inside, it's very well uh, decorated and you know nicely reflects the style of the era. But the real showstopper there is his library, not a presidential library, but the library in his house, which is, it's huge. And it's very nicely designed, very, um, very welcoming, and it seems like a, a great place to to learn things, which President Garfield was fond of doing. Awesome. So the next year, we went to the First Lady's National Historic Site in Canton. What do you remember about that? I remember 
it was like a block away from my office at the time. And so I'd been by it a bunch, but I'd never gone in. And that's a, you know, while it's not a president's house or president's site per se, uh, it, it does contain you know, artifacts about the first ladies who you know, were very important to, you know, helping to support their husband's election efforts and ultimately their their success in the White House. And so there are a lot of interesting artifacts and lessons about uh, you know, the, the history of the first ladies and the styles of the time. I remember there were um, exhibits on like period dresses for various first ladies. My daughter really enjoyed seeing the pictures of that. And um, the house itself, so it, it's a two-part site so the first is in one of the old bank buildings downtown which is is nice as a general um exhibit on the first ladies and some selected ones of them from longer ago but then after after going through that area and you walk down the street a block or so and you go through the old uh, saxton family house where um i don't remember if Ida Saxon McKinley grew up there or if it was her parents' home. My memory's a little foggy on that. I think she grew up there. And so that's more specific to Ida McKinley herself. And it was decorated with a lot of the things that she liked, like those folding Japanese fans. Um, and I remember other, uh, other memorabilia from the McKinley presidency. It was, it was pretty neat. And my daughter was really into fans at the time also. And so she was delighted to see uh, see that a first lady was into those as well. I remember you really wanted to slide down the banister. And the lady had to tell you a couple times that you could not slide down the banister. So the next presidential site that I recall us going to, and I feel like I might be leaving something out, but is we went to the William McKinley birthplace in Niles, Ohio with a tag along. What do you remember about that trip? I think we had the day. I must have had the day wrong because I was, <laughs> I was like walking through the woods with my son that morning, and my wife and daughter were, were doing something else out of town, and so I was strapping my son in the car seat to go back home, and he texted me like, "What's your address? I'm going to be there in 30 minutes." I'm like, oh boy, uh, <laughs> wasn't expecting this. Um, my son will be joining us, and uh, he was. You know, two at the time, I think. And he was a really good sport. So, you know, it was what, an hour, hour and a half drive uh, from my house to Niles. And I think the, the first thing we saw there was the, the, the library and memorial, which is pretty impressive to look at from the road. And, and you, you can walk around it and it's, it's got busts of famous uh, presidents, but also, government officials from that period um, and who are from Ohio, many of them. And it was a really neat place to visit. It was, it was much more grand than I would have guessed would be there. And, and down the road, a couple blocks was the house where McKinney was born or grew up. And uh, this was during the COVID time. So that was closed. And, it was also pretty underwhelming. I mean, you know, McKinley has this grand memorial, and you know, in, in Niles, he's got this grand um, 
monument in Canton where he's buried. And his house is just sort of meh. I mean, it's there's not really a whole lot that's distinctive about it. It's very plain, maybe even ugly. I mean, it's just not that incredible. And I wish we could go in. I, I, um, I hope maybe it's a little more impressive on the inside. Um, but I guess, you know, even if it's not, the, the lesson there is that in America, anyone, you know, regardless of the, uh, you know, status of your, your birth can rise to the most prominent office in the land. And I think some of that too is it kind of backs up my theory that the birthplaces sometimes can be lesser if they have a great gravesite. You know, it's usually one or the other. I can't think of too many where they're both. Maybe Abe Lincoln in George Washington, but that would kind of make sense. But with McKinley, it does make sense that he has a underwhelming birthplace because he has a crazy gravesite. But even then, like I think the memorial a couple blocks away is a bigger deal than what most I've seen <laughs> most presidents get. And Matt and I today, I pointed out that Ohio, you know, you do get these outsized remembrances of these presidents where we went to the Harding gravesite, we went to the um, McKinley gravesite, and he hasn't been to the Garfield or the Grant in New York City, but all four of them have crazy gravesites among the biggest, and I only think of Lincoln as really coming anywhere close to them. So there's something odd there as well. And of course, to me, the, the apropos observation is that so many Ohio presidents die during their term of office. And I think that's really sad. Grant, of course, being you know, the outlier there. Um, but maybe it has something to do with you know, the fact that they've not yet, they hadn't had a chance to really live out their, their charge of duty. And so it's, it's, their, it's the people's way of um, kind of put a, a high note on, on the end of their, their term in their life. And certainly there is something about that era, the Victorian era, or here in the United States, the Gilded Age era, where after Prince Albert died, Queen Victoria goes kind of crazy and over the top, and so do her citizens in terms of wanting to mourn Prince Albert's death. And the United States kind of follows suit, where we start adopting a lot of the mourning attire. And then when our presidents die, we go kind of bonkers and wanting to commemorate them in these kind of outsized ways. And that doesn't go away for about 50 years. But then when you think about Franklin Roosevelt or Hoover or Truman, they get really kind of understated memorials, including John F. Kennedy. Um, For somebody who was assassinated, he's got the eternal flame and it's in a prominent place at Arlington, but it's pretty understated, all things considered. So then today we went to, as I said before, the Harding Memorial and the Harding Library and the House. What would you say are your reflections? Of the presidential libraries in Ohio, the Harding one's easily the best. It's, it's brand new. It's, it's very well done, very well executed. And it's just, it's a very, very nice place to be uh, with very good exhibits. Um, the House is also very well preserved. Uh, they mentioned during the tour that it's 95% uh, original, and uh, you know, of course, the the downside of that is you can't touch anything. So it was good my kids weren't along, but uh, I think you know it's a very impressive place. It's 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 really impressive to me that that you know the the folks in that era had the foresight to preserve as much as they did uh, for those of us in future generations. 
And I recall, uh, I can't believe I left this out. One presidential site I'd been to that I completely forgot about was the George H.W. Bush Presidential Library in Texas. And if I recall correctly, did I know you then? I probably knew you then. You don't think? Anyway, uh, that's that's also very that's much larger, uh, you know, very well funded, uh, and, and a very expansive experience. That's I think is distinct from any of the sites in Ohio, but the ones in Ohio are also quite grand. That one happens to be my favorite, George H. W. Bush's museum. So the thing to keep in mind is from Hoover is that there are museum and libraries and the federal government sponsors the library part. And so it's often fundraising for the museum part. So in recent years, you've gotten some real kind of underwhelming in terms of some of the presidents where they go for the grandeur or wanting to set the legacy. And I think George H.W. Bush's does the best job of really giving you context and giving you a lot of material culture about the time period and about the president. Um, As much as I like some of the other libraries, I think Reagan's is really well done. I think Truman's is doing a much better job, but some of the other ones just aren't. So the last question I'm going to ask, or one of the last questions I'm going to ask is, do you have any presidential sites that are on your bucket list, either after listening to the podcast or just that you know about? Well, one from listening to the podcast has got to be Franklin Pierce's. I really want to get to his birthplace, which is underwater. So, <laughs> no, I'm being, being facetious. But uh, one I would like to go to is uh, Theodore Roosevelt's home in Oyster Bay. As Joe knows, he's probably my favorite president for a variety of reasons, uh, not all of which are related to policy positions, but um, he's just an extraordinary human being. And so I would love to see you know, where his life happened. I think that would be fascinating. Very good. Any final words about the podcast or about presidential travels? I've really learned a lot from the podcast since you started putting it out. And I really want to commend you for doing this. I think it's a worthwhile project and it's, to me, I found it very engaging. Uh, you do a great job of visualizing in words or helping me visualize through your words the, the presidential sites and what to expect. And um, now I, I really want to visit more of them. And I um, hope I can get my kids started uh, being interested in them while they're still young enough to listen to what I have to say. I just want to thank Matt once again. He was the one who actually remembered that we had to do the recording. We got so caught up in the day and visiting these different sites and we got lunch at a barbecue joint. And I was almost out of Marion when Matt called and said, hey, aren't we supposed to do an interview? (laughs) I am hoping that you enjoyed getting to talk to him as much as I enjoy getting to talk to Matt always. So thank you again, Matt, not only for this conversation, but for your friendship. There are many ways to help support Visiting the President, including liking and subscribing to the various social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as the Visiting the President's website. 
subscribing on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review, as well as any of the other podcast apps, including Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, there is a new support button that you can click on either on the episode page that you're listening to right now or on the website where you can donate if you are so inclined. I appreciate anything that comes my way. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you out there on the roads as we go to visit the presidents. See ya.